Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Selective Hearing. I am your host, Julie DeMar, and today I have another special guest. I have with me Miss Margie Haddad, and today we are going to discuss parenting, motherhood, and all of those other great things. So before I get started, I would love to give Miss Margie the opportunity to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Why, hello there. <laughs> nice to see you, Julie. Wonderful to be in your company and to see everybody out there in podcast land, all the fellow moms out there working hard every day. I have been in public relations, that's my profession, for nearly 30 years now. Maybe it is 30 years now, I'm losing count, quite frankly. And I have three kids. My eldest will be 26 at the end of May. And I recently was having a conversation with my older daughter. I have two daughters. One is gonna be 23 soon and the other one just turned 18. Now, I live in Israel in the United States, but the majority of the time we're in Israel. My kids have been through the military. And my when my daughter was a soldier, she was telling me about this friend of hers who had recently got, gotten married, a fellow soldier. And she was very excited to have children and start a family, but she also wanted to start a career and go to school and pursue her, her desires in that direction. She was telling my daughter that she was concerned that she wouldn't be able to juggle, you know, balance parenthood with her professional interests. And my daughter said, what are you talking about? My mother's been doing this for 25 years. Of course you can do this. And my daughter looked at me. We were actually sitting on this very couch. She was sitting where I'm sitting right now. <laughs> and she said, mom, you made mistakes, but overall, I think you got it right. I think that you should write a book to help the next generation of working moms find an easier way to parent, to benefit from your expertise and your experience since you've been doing it so long and so well. I was, you know, knocked off my feet. How often do you get kind of statement like that from one of your grown kids? After I absorbed the shock of the statement, <laughs> I thought to myself, well, what exactly did I do right? You know, and I look back and I thought, well, I had used my professional skills to parent. And when I looked at my kids, I saw that they were using the exact same PR strategies that I used in my job to navigate the twists and turns of life as early as elementary school and all the way up until now, because they're, they're adults, you know, nearly 26, 23 and 18. And every day I watch them use PR communication skills to decide how they're going to address challenges or communicate with others or to help others. And it's a big source of pride. And my goal right now is to pay this forward to today's mothers, dads who are interested, anybody who has any kind of contact with kids. So they have an easier way of doing things, a new way of looking at things, new strategies to approach universal challenges that we all have and some fun things too, you know, not everything is a crisis, but we have some fun things to do and how to build self-esteem and resilience and all that kind of a thing. And ultimately I wrote a book, it's called The Power of PR Parenting, How to Raise Confident, Resilient and Successful Children Using Public Relations Strategies. 
It will be published by Muse Literary, run by Sarah Cannell and Patricia Fors on April 4th. It will be available on Amazon. And I'm going to tell you a secret, which is that it very soon will be available for pre-order. So you can get your copy early, which is very, very exciting. It's part of a movement. Okay, so Julie, here's the thing. I would love for this PR parenting thing, right, to start with me. I'd love to be able to teach parents how to do it through the book and through this program I'm starting on May 24th. But long after I'm gone, I hope that PR parenting is still a thing and that it continues to, for generations to come. So a hundred years from now, they'll be like, yeah, just use that PR parenting skill for that strategy and try this one and, and it's gonna work because it worked for my mother and my grandmother. So maybe it will work for you too. So when I read your bio and when we were communicating before bringing you on the show, one thing that really drew me to you was the PR parenting and when you kind of broke down what that really means. I remember growing up and my mom telling me, well, there's no book on parenting. Like those exact, those exact words, like, I'm doing the best I can. There's no book on parenting. And then I became a mom and I was like, but there are. And there's all these different perspectives and there's all these different tools that are out there. And then we have the internet and social media and we have all these like parenting coaching and all these different things that we can apply to helping us parent the next generation better than we were. I try to explain that to my mom now as a mom, like it wasn't that you were a bad parent, it's just you had limited resources. And now I have access to countless <laughs> resources. So I was very drawn to what you were saying because I always try to discuss, there's so many names for it, gentle parenting, conscious parenting, being more aware at the end of the day as a mother or and as a father and being mindful of the things that we're putting into our children because of how it ultimately affects them. Right. So I love this, this concept. I love, I love the idea of your book and your mission and what you're doing. And I think that the audience can take so much away from it, especially since this is something that they've heard me kind of speak about before. And now I have an expert to come in and share a perspective greater than mine and obviously you're, you're a mother and you you've been a mother for a long time so there's things that you can even teach me in this interview so i'm so excited to have this conversation with you and i i would like to ask you could you share just a little bit with us without giving it all away because i want everyone to read your book <laughs> what is pr parenting and how does it compare or relate to conscious parenting and gentle parenting Let's start with this. I'm not a parenting expert. Okay. And I'm not a psychologist. And I do not claim to be either. I'm a public relations expert, which means I'm a communications expert. And what's really cool, Julie, is that PR is a common denominator for lots of different professions out there. So you might already be PR parenting and not even knowing it. And you might be using your own superpowers and not even knowing it. I would actually encourage as a public relations expert and a professional woman balancing parenting and profession for more than 30 years now, 
to not leave your superpowers and skills at the office, wherever that might be. I mean, it can be at a place that you drive to or take a train to, or maybe it's just, you know, the corner room in your house. I say bring those special things that make you unique and share them with your children to help them to be their best selves. Now, you asked me the difference between, what's it called, conscious parenting? Yes. Okay. So I looked it up. Again, I'm not a parenting expert, so, and my kids are grown, so I needed to look that up and know what that was. And some of the differences that I saw, at least according to definition, conscious parenting talks about leaving your ego to the side and not, I, not introducing consequences for actions and letting your kid teach you rather than you teach them. And I would actually argue the opposite just from experience. I mean, I've been doing this for 26 years. So I would say, yes, your children have an opinion and they are entitled to their opinion and we need to build their self-esteem and let them know that their opinion is important and that they should be heard. But guess what, Julie? Other people have opinions too and they may, be, they may be just as valid. So our children need to understand that yes, their opinions are important, but they also have to be respectful of the opinions of others as well, assuming that they're peaceful. That's number one. Number two, no consequences. Well, guess what? That's not how the world works. If you break the law, you pay the price. If you do something you're not supposed to, something happens. Actions have consequences. Actions have reactions. Sometimes they're positive and sometimes they're negative. Now, if your child is not listening for some reason or doesn't honor whatever your agreement is with them, then they need to know that something's going to happen or be taken away. Not, not something like food or love or anything that would be harmful, but something that would be felt so that they understand that if this is what they do, this will be the result. I think that that's, I think that that's a reasonable way to approach it. And I've even taken it to a situation that I actually adopted at work. And you probably have adopted this practice at work too, but when you sign on a client or you go to a new company to work, don't you usually have a contract in place? Yes. And the contract says you have to, you're responsible to do this, 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 and this. In return, we're going to give you a paycheck and benefits and maybe even a car <laughs> on a good day, right? Right. So, same thing with the kids. They're responsible for going to school. They're responsible for practicing with their homework. They're responsible for taking tests. They're responsible for taking the dog out if you have a dog, et cetera, et cetera. If they don't honor their commitments, then there needs to be some sort of consequence. If you don't do your job, guess what? You've broken your contract and you will get fired, <laughs> right? Right. If they don't pay you, you're going to quit. And that's the consequence for the company. With the kids, if you see that something isn't going right, then you need to sit down with the kids, have a very frank conversation where you hear their side of it, you share your side of it, and then you document. These are the expectations. If they are not met, this is what's gonna happen. And then together, determine what the consequences are. No screen time for two hours on Wednesday nights. The next party that's coming up, you don't get to go. You know, something that they'll feel, but that's not harmful. 
and then you both sign on it and you have an understanding and it's in writing and you both know to take it seriously. And now for the parents, what's really hard is that if your child does break that contract, you have to really dig deep and you need to follow through and hold your ground. So those are a couple of the differences and likenesses between conscious parenting and PR parenting. But ultimately what PR parenting is, is taking the practices that we use in the public relations world and applying them to helping our kids be confident, resilient, and successful, but successful however you define success. And that can be achieving in school, it can be achieving whatever your extracurricular is, it can be not burning the toast that morning or not overcooking the spaghetti, which is something that I consider a huge success when it comes to myself. <laughs> I am probably the world's worst cook. So we all, you know, success can be defined in many ways. And I think that ultimately the application of public relations strategies are very individual. And what you'll see in the book is that they're exercises in each of the chapters, because I wanted the readers to be able to apply them to their own situation and take away something practical in their hand so that at the end of each chapter, they have an action plan and they know a possibility of what they can do next to achieve whatever goal they're trying to achieve. So in the PR world, it's, it's safe to say that the foundation is built on communication. Yes. What's so cool and from my, in my opinion about all of this is you're parenting with open lines of communication. A lot of us weren't parented that way. We came from a child is to be seen, not to be heard, stay in a child's place, all of those kind of things. I think that it's really beautiful that there's this tool that you created to offer parents and children a way to communicate with each other effectively mm -hmm. and to grow from that because it's important because I, I know I'm not the only adult out there who was a child who was like, stay in a child's place, be, be seen, not heard, do as I say. There's so many, you know, do as I say, not as I do. And so now as an adult, I'm learning how to be different. I have to unlearn all those things. I have to learn how to be different. I have to learn how to communicate effectively. I have to learn, you know, emotional intelligence, like all these different things that I had to learn how to do as an adult. And then while I'm learning on the job, because I'm a new parent, a new mom, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. So I'm learning these things for myself. Thank you. I'm learning these things for myself. And then at the same time, I'm passing them along to my kids. So there's a lot of trial and error so i can i would like to ask you also for someone like me and other people in the audience mm -hmm. what type of positive changes do you believe based on your experience does this style of parenting affect one word confidence second word resilience i i see it in all three of my children they went through all the same things that every other kid has gone we are not unique. We are just like every family out there. The difference was how we handled it. And because of the PR parenting strategy, which by the way, just for the record, didn't know I was doing it while I was doing it. <laughs> it's completely, this is a complete retrospective discovery. Okay. 
I did it naturally because those were my superpowers and I have the type of personality that I just use my own skills to parent. And so it's, it's ultimately a case study of three kids who grew up with a mom in the business in PR. And this is the net result. So the book talk tells you what I did right. It also tells you what I did wrong. I am not the perfect mom in any way, shape or form. I've made mistakes. I'm still making them, the hopefully new ones. I want you guys to benefit from my journey so you do it better than I did it. Take the successes and mirror them. Look at the failures and the hiccups and skip the potholes. And the bottom line is, all three of my kids, if something doesn't go right, they are resilient and they bounce right back and they keep trying until they get there. All three of my kids are highly confident. They're also really, really nice people and they have a genuine, genuine respect for person kind worldwide. And that's because of their exposure to all types of different people all over the world, not just their own community, which I think is very important. They are proud of their heritage, but they also celebrate other cultures and have fun with the commonalities, but also the differences, especially when it comes to mealtime. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm from the United States. My husband's family is half Moroccan and Tunisian. The spices are very different in a Western home versus an Eastern home. Everything was very new to me when I married my husband. Everything down to what was on the dinner for Friday night dinner. So I think the answer to your question is that PR parenting can help you to raise kids who will feel comfortable in their own skin in such a way that they'll be able to contribute positively, but they'll also be able to celebrate the differences and listen to others and hear their perspectives because everybody brings something different to the table. And if something doesn't go right, they go, okay, no big deal, redirect, let's try something new. And that is why, again, tools like this, resources like this are so important. I was gonna ask you, and why is this important? And you just answered it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Two, like, I always talk about how the world needs more kindness and love and empathy and compassion. And yeah. it starts with us setting that example for our kids. And so I think that it's really beautiful what you've done. And I can't wait to read the book. All of you should read the book. And at the end of the show, we'll tell you how you can read the book. In your opinion, does PR parenting relate to selective hearing? Oh, I love this question. <laughs> because selective hearing also talks about being able to tune in to the person communicating with you and to repel all the noise around it. Is that correct? Okay. So in public relations, we're always getting screamed at. <laughs> it's true. There's always somebody who's not pleased with something, whether it's a client or it's a journalist or I don't know, name it. Someone was always screaming at me, especially when I was working for the Israeli government. I used to get these calls, you know, it's, I'm not political, one iota, but I'm more what you would call diplomatic. And I would need to explain, I used to work for the Israeli government 
and as, as the folks as the uh, media liaison during the Oslo Accords back in the mid 80s and um, I mean 90s sorry 90s getting decades mixed up <laughs> and early 90s 93 to 95 and people would call and they would be upset and I would have to explain the government position and oftentimes I say well what do you think and I'd say well what I think doesn't really matter let me tell you why the government's doing what they're doing always high volume they were with me so the answer to the question when people are screaming at you at the core of it you can't scream back right very unprofessional you have to keep your cool you have to listen to the core of the problem and then try to answer and problem solve i did this at work and i did this at home when the kids would go ballistic when they would start with the temper tantrum or they would when they got to be teenagers and they get got snarky about things what i would do is i would take and you'll read this in the book what i call imaginary filtering earplugs. Two for one sale at the pharmacy. Go get them now. <laughs> and what I would do is I would tune out all of the noise and I would try to listen to the core of the problem so that I could help rather than handle. You ever try, you ever call a business that you had an issue with and you needed to fix a problem and instead of helping you, they would just nicely tell you to pound sand? Okay? Yes. That's happened to me more than once too. And it's very upsetting to say the least. That's what it's like for our kids when they cry and scream and they're trying to communicate with you. And because of the temper tantrum, we defer them. You know, we put the, put it to the side and we just don't want to listen because we can't take the screaming after a full day of work and the house is a disaster. You got to clean it up. The laundry is like piled up to here. The dishes, oh, I don't even want to start about it. Your husband's coming home or your partner's coming home, you know, and here's the kids screaming at the top of their lungs. And you're like, oh my goodness. You have to say to yourself, all this clutter, it will still be there later. So don't worry about it. <laughs> it will be. The dishes will always be there. The laundry will always be there. There's always something to do with the housework. There's always something to do with the job. Your child is asking for you for help to solve a problem. And because of their age and their ability to communicate, the only way that they know right now to deal with their frustration is to throw a temper tantrum. So our job as good PR people at home is to take our imaginary filtering earplugs, clear out the noisy sound, and try to hear what your child is asking for and immediately empathize verbally communicate and say this is what i think you're trying to tell me is that correct identify the issue and then solve their problem with empathy and sensitivity and with love and if you do that watch how quickly your child stops carrying on and without without even a consequence because they were just trying to communicate you know i used to say to my children julie please we don't need to scream you have two languages choose one of them <laughs> tell me what's on your mind in nice quiet language so i can understand you and we'll fix the problem together and then they would take a deep breath and, and they would tell me what's going on and the problem was fixed within 30 to 60 seconds so i have a two-year-old and i have a four-year-old my four-year-old he communicates loudly i say he's a lot like me because i'm very sensitive and my friends always joke about it, like, oh, you have a lot of emotions in your house. And I'm like, it's all good. Yeah, we do. But it's, I'm very sensitive. He's very sensitive. I, I noticed that in him right away. He needs hugs and he, he needs to be snuggled and all those kind of things. I like recognized it. Like, oh my gosh, like, 
you're my little. And so a lot with him, I always say, what do you need? We even have a song, <laughs> like, what, what do you need? And we sing that to each other. Whenever he goes through something, because it is very big and it is easy. I, I, I stay at home, I run the podcast from home, I run my whole own business, the house, I got a husband, I got a dog. It's crazy all the time. And so I always do that. And that's nice to even know that, the the, the earphone, because the ear, I, imaginary, I, imaginary earplug. Because I find myself- on sale at the pharmacy. Love I'm gonna, it. I'll have to go to CVS and get some. <laughs> I always find myself in a position where I have to, with my two-year-old, it's an easy fix. It's a lot more, even though he's learning how to speak and all these things now, it's kind of, hey, are you okay? What happened? And he kind of looks and he's like, yes or no. And then he goes about his day. But I, I know that my four-year-old needs a little more time to work through things. So when his tantrums come and they're really big, I, I have to work on pulling back. I pull back, but it's like, it's work for me to do it. Like, I'm like, oh gosh, because sometimes mommy are overstimulated and I'm just like okay what do you need and then that's how we came up with the song like and then he'll stop and he'll start singing it with me and then he'll tell me what he needs but the biggest thing for me as a parent is making sure that I communicate with them and I allow them to communicate with me because being shut down is just something that I never want them to be at all I don't want them to feel shut down and I don't want them to get older and turn into the kind of adults that shut other people down it's just not it's not healthy and it's not conducive to putting more love empathy and compassion out into the world I absolutely never had that never so it's like when I became a mom I think that was one big thing for me like all the other stuff that I had to work out like I'm like I'm not doing this for my kids I'm not doing that I'm not I don't want to be that kind of parent the one thing that I said was I want my children to feel seen and to feel heard I don't ever want them to have that feeling of not being able to communicate I'm very like proud, even though I have those mommy moments like, am I doing okay? Am I doing all right? Are you guys all right? I'm very proud to say that I, that is one thing of all the other things that I have going on all the time that I do well. I hope I'm doing well, I should say, is giving them the opportunity to, to communicate. It sounds beautiful. It sounds just perfect. I love that your son is a hugger. We do, that's a big theme at our house. Did you know, this is actually interesting, that a there's scientific proof that if you hug for 20 seconds, it stimulates some sort of chemical in your body, not just your child, but also you, towards positivity. So if you hug for 20 seconds, that's, we can all find 20 seconds in the day. If we hug our child for at least 20 seconds, we are sending such love and positive energy that can last throughout the day and continuously. And it's good for us too. So if you were to say, you know, how do you build self-esteem in your children? Well, it sounds like you're doing it just by hugging your child because that's a connection between you and him that is invaluable. When you look at your child and you have eye contact, and I bet you smile too, maybe you wink, maybe you make a funny face just to acknowledge that he is in your world. That goes such a long way. We do it in public relations when we're interacting with our bosses and with our our colleagues and with our clients, lots of positive reinforcement and little things to make everybody feel important and seen. We absolutely must do this at home and it doesn't take much time at all. It's a matter of seconds, but it makes such an enormous impact. And I have to say all the respect, Julie, you sound like a fabulous mom. Thank you. I'm trying. <laughs> I, I, I'm definitely trying. I. 
when I became a mom, because um, I was working, I was very career driven. I worked in entertainment for a long time. I, I modeled, I acted, I even, I, as an adult, went back and went to film school and did some things behind the camera. So I was very goal driven and just busy in my own lane. And then I got married and then the kids came like literally five minutes after that. It was like, <laughs> that honeymoon phase was fun. And I was like, oh yeah, we're gonna be parents now. So it was like, I stepped back when I was like, oh wait, I'm gonna be responsible for a person. Like this is a person and I'm not okay. But I had all these things in life keeping me so busy and distracted from all the things that were going on underneath the surface where I was like, okay, let me start working on that and addressing that because the last thing that I want to do is be that way with my children. So it's a lot of work and I have a lot of good days, a lot of bad days, and I just try to push through them the same. But thank you, because I, I really do, if anything in the world, like I just want one day to be sitting on my couch and be blessed like you and have my kids say, hey mom, you know, you did good. We're all good and I love you. That will be so fulfilling and rewarding to me and I would be okay. Like just knowing like, okay, didn't mess you guys up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway right you know my my two older ones my son and my daughter wrote the forward to the book and it wasn't my idea it was the publisher's idea and i was not involved in the process i didn't see it till it was finished really? i was not invited to edit <laughs> <laughs> and they both blew me away so i wish for every mom out there including you the net results of PR parenting. I'm still PR parenting. It doesn't stop, by the way. It keeps going. I'm in chap I'm in the second book now. <laughs> PR parenting. The uh, the 20s and the 30s, right? Right. So it continues because we're parents until we take our last breath. So it goes on and on and on. And what's interesting is I actually see my kids doing the PR parenting now. It's it's a little bit of role reversal going on. I was really stressed out about something recently and there was a couple of minutes where I was like, do not bother me. I'm trying to accomplish something here. I'm on a deadline. Please be respectful. You're not three, you're 25, 20, whatever years old you are. And my son looked at me and he said, mom, I understand that you're stressed out. It's okay. You're gonna do just fine. And he said, take a deep breath with me. He gave me a hug and then he walked away and gave me the quiet I had asked for. And I thought to myself, holy moly, I was just PR parented. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Not only is this being the baton being passed forward, but it was just, it was just reversed on me. <laughs> So you can PR parent your parents too, apparently. Yeah. I'm I'm not rushing it because I already feel like it goes by fast, but I am curious to know what it will be like once we enter that season. <laughs> oh, Julie, you just said the smartest thing. Do not rush it. I would give anything to go back to the days when they were little. I loved it when they were little and when they were growing up. And when they were little, I would think, I wonder what they look like and what they're going to be doing. And then I want to reverse time and come back to where we are now. <laughs> and now that they're grown and I'm immensely proud of all three of them. But I also, when I look at them, I see the babies. I see the expressions that they made when they were toddlers or newborns and in junior high school. And I think about all those fast forwards along the way. 
you see all of it at the same time as, as you move through life. And I'm so excited for you. You're in the most wonderful, wonderful time of motherhood with a two and a four year old. Yes, my, my uh, youngest just turned two in January, at the end of January. And my oldest, he'll be five in June. But yeah, they're, I just said this last week too, cause I was like, it's fun to watch because they're being raised in the same household, same parents. These, they're two totally different people. And watching them, watching how they interact with us, watching how they interact with each other, it's really fun. And I was also explaining how the more that I've been able to let go of things, the more present that I've become. And it's just a really nice thing to watch. It's a very rewarding thing to watch. And they're funny, like their little personalities, they are hilarious. <laughs> My oldest is the gentle, loving, caring, nurturing one. And my my youngest, and he's tiny. He was he was born, um, I had him at 31 weeks. So he spent a lot of time in NICU and all these things. And he was just this tiny little baby. And he jumps off of stuff. He's climbing on top of everything. He's, he'll, he, he says, mom, watch my fall. And I'm like, watch your fall the first time he ever did this to me. Mom, watch my fall. And I'm like, watch your fall? <laughs> What does that mean? And he's on the couch saying, mom, mom, watch my fall. And I'm like, watch your fall. What does that mean? He just jumped off the couch. And I'm like, <laughs> and he just looked up and just started laughing. And I was like, oh my gosh, you are so funny. You are crazy. You scare me all the time. But I, I love them. They're, they're amazing. They are amazing. And I think you're amazing. And I have all the respect for all the moms out there who are just really doing the best that they can, the best that they know how. And I really want to help, you know, to help you find your way, to help you do, you're doing a great job anyway, okay? So just y'all give yourself a round of applause. You're doing an absolute fabulous job. But we always say to ourselves, how else can I do it? What's another way? What's another fun way? to build a self-esteem? What's another fun way to teach resilience? What's a, what's a traditional way that the kids will accept so that I can get them to practice whatever academic it is? Things that will ultimately serve them in life. And how do I keep them safe from all the rotten things out there? And how do I teach them to be able to aspire to all the wonderful things out there? Because there's so much positivity and love and sunshine that we want our kids to only see the sunshine. So we have to help to teach them to only accept the sunshine and the people who bring the sunshine. That's a really important theme for me and it's also in the book. And by the way, we have a community, Julie. There's a PR parenting community that I would invite you and, and all of your listeners to join. You can, you can join it at PR for period life. That's the, that's the portal and you'll see a little sign up form and then you can join the community and be up to date with gosh just about everything the book and by the way there's a free workbook that goes with the book that's my gift to you so that you actually have something to workshop and print out so you have something in your hand and like i told you at the top of our conversation there's a pr parenting program that you can sign up for as well if you want some coaching and 
to get into it with me and you know say how do I do this or how would I handle that from a PR through a PR lens and we can workshop things specific to you and um, really the whole point of the exercise I have to be honest with you this is not about me I mean I'm definitely not doing this for me I'm doing it for the next generation of mom I just genuinely want to help and for no other reason than because I can so can I ask you a question it's not in anything that we worked out but just listening to you talk I just it it keeps just ringing out in my head you've worked and you raised good people and and you're married and you juggled all these different things so if you can give one piece of advice to moms about balance about balance about balance what would it be how did you do it we when we when we work with our clients or we work with our profession we generally drop things when we are needed at work we have to have the same respect for the issues at home this actually just happened to me a couple of weeks ago remember i told you it never stops <laughs> it, it does not ever stop so when my children call me in the middle of the day and i might be in a business meeting i might be in the middle of an interview with the press corps where one of my clients is being interviewed for a major piece if my child calls me in the middle of the day because they know when i'm working i'm working i know to excuse myself from that meeting and say i'll be right back there's something urgent and because we are professionals and we have confidence in ourselves have the confidence to be able to prioritize your children when it's necessary and walk out of that meeting and go find out what's going on the board meeting and the interview can live without you for 30 seconds it's okay be confident enough that your value and that you are valued in your profession and at home so that people will wait a couple of seconds and be respectful that you have to prioritize according to what you see fit. That's how you balance it. And you can do that if you're at the home. You can do that if you're outside of the home. I've done this when I was traveling on business on in China. I might not have physically been there, but my five-year-old at the time called me at three o'clock in the morning. You ready for this one? Mommy, can I watch TV? <laughs> <laughs> I looked at the clock. It was three in the like three fifteen. I had literally just fallen asleep. Hello, darling. I'm so happy to hear from you. Yes, you can watch TV. Do you have the remote control? Yes. Do you know how to use it? No. Where is, is your is Daddy at home? Yes. Please ask Daddy to help you with the remote control. Okay, mommy. I love you. I'm going back to sleep now. Okay. <laughs> and before I hung up, I heard my child say, "Daddy." <laughs> My children always knew that I was available for them when they needed me. My clients always knew and still know that I'm always available for them when they need me. That's the balance. So I love before we tell everyone your social handles and how they can connect with you and where they can get your book. I love to close on an encouraging message to the audience. So if there was something that you can say or that you would say to help moms move forward and feel inspired and encouraged today, what would it be? Two things. And this is actually the quote in my book. Eye on the donut, not on the whole, and always keep your sense of humor. What that means, moms out there, and my friend Julie, you can get through anything the good, bad, and indifferent, as long as you maintain your focus and keep your sense of humor and have a good laugh about whatever it is. There's always 
a silver lining and there's always sunshine wherever you look. So you guys hear that? Take that advice because it's beautiful advice. I would like you to please let the audience know where they can connect with you. Where can they get your book? You can connect with me on Instagram at Margie Haddad. Margie is with a J, M-A-R-J-I-E-H-A-D-A-D. You can connect with me on my website, which is P-R-F-L-R, period life. So P-R for life. And you can get the book on Amazon starting pretty much now, but it launches on April 4th, 2023, the day before Passover for anybody who celebrates and a week before Easter for whoever celebrates. And I actually chose that date because freedom is associated. We have the freedom and the power in our hands to soar to the sky. If you look at my website, PR Parenting, the sky is the limit. And that's the kind of power I want to put in every single mother's hands today. So everyone, all of that information will be listed in the summary of this episode. And it will also be on my social media. So please go get the book and have a wonderful week. And I will be back with another guest and another beautiful episode next Monday. Until next week, this is Selective Hearing.